This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at a crucial moment in archaeological history, the time when a group of Chinese farmers stumbled upon the long-lost resting place of an ancient emperor. The day was March 29, 1974. Seven local farmers unearthed a host of ancient artifacts while digging a well near Xi'an, China. When the hole was about three feet deep, one of the men, a farmer named Yang Jifa, felt his shovel hit a hard piece of red clay. The deeper the farmers dug, the more shards they uncovered. Before the day was out, they had found dozens of broken pieces of pottery, as well as an assortment of bronze arrowheads, and most shockingly of all, two life-size human heads made of terracotta. At that point, the farmers knew they were onto something big, so they alerted authorities who then called in Zhao Kangmin, an archaeologist who worked at a museum in central China. Zhao came out to the site, assuming the men had found a few household trinkets from ancient China, which was known to happen on occasion. However, the clay heads made him second-guess that assumption, especially since they had been found in the general area when Qin Shi Huang, the first emperor of China, was believed to be buried. Zhao took the heads and pottery shards back to his museum and began trying to piece them together again. When he finished, he had two full-sized terracotta warriors staring back at him. They were the first in what would prove to be an extensive collection of clay figures housed within a vast ancient tomb. The local farmers had been looking for a source of water to help irrigate their farm fields during a drought, but what they stumbled on instead turned out to be one of the most important archaeological discoveries of the 20th century. Zhao and a colleague returned to the dig site and quickly uncovered several more terracotta warriors, Then, they found more, and more, and more. After finding about 500 such statues, Zhao assumed they had to be nearing the end, but he was soon proven wrong when the ancient tomb of Qin Shi Huang was finally located. Inside the 2200-year-old burial site were more than 8,000 clay soldiers, which became collectively known as the Terracotta Army. The clay soldiers, along with their horses and chariots, were found in three underground trench-like pits. The statues are positioned according to rank, and they're placed in battle formation, all facing east. Most of the warriors stand about two meters or six feet tall, and each one can weigh up to 272 kilograms, or around 600 pounds. The bodies of the figures were created in an assembly line fashion likely with the use of a shared mold. However, different hand-sculpted details in each soldier's facial features, hairstyles, clothing, and arm positions mean that every terracotta soldier is unique. Although most of the sculptures have an earthy tan or gray color today, remnants of paint chips have been found on the figures, suggesting that at one point, each soldier had its own brightly colored paint job as well. 
The life-size army of clay had been buried along with the first emperor of China in the year 210 BC as a way to protect him in the afterlife. Qin Shi Huang is remembered as the leader who put an end to a long period of provincial strife by unifying the country's various provinces under one central government. He's also credited with several major advances in Chinese culture, including the introduction of standardized weights and measures, the creation of a uniform system of writing, and the construction of the earliest form of the Great Wall. That said, the first emperor of China was also renowned for his brutality. For example, he ordered the construction of his own massive tomb and all the statues inside it, but the work itself was done by about 700,000 conscripted laborers. Qin displayed little care for their well-being during the nearly three decades they spent building his mausoleum, and once it was finally finished, he reportedly had the surviving workers killed or buried alive within the tomb so that its location and valuable contents would remain a secret. That was a heartless measure, but it did seem to work, as the tomb remained lost to time for more than 2,000 years, until a group of thirsty farmers picked up the trail by mistake. In the decades since the tomb's discovery, archaeologists have uncovered about 600 of those underground pits I mentioned earlier. Taken together, they form a vast underground network that stretches across a 22-square-mile area. At first, it was assumed that Qin Shi Huang had only seen fit to take an army with him into the afterlife, perhaps a reflection of his militant leadership style. However, in recent years, archaeologists have discovered that the mausoleum isn't just a final resting place for Qin and his army. Instead, it's a kind of recreation of the royal court he enjoyed in life. Scattered through the various pits are terracotta government officials, terracotta musicians, even troops of terracotta acrobats. There's also a menagerie of bronze birds and other animals. The emperor wasn't content to just take soldiers with him. He took everything. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but the truth is we still don't know what all is buried within that tomb. All these years later, less than 1% of the burial site has been fully excavated, including the part that contains the remains of the emperor himself. Part of the hesitation is out of respect for such an important figure in Chinese history. Concerns about damaging the artifacts inside have also slowed the process, but another major reason for the holdup involves the potential danger to humans that further excavation might pose. See, Qin really did want to replicate his kingdom as closely as possible within his tomb, and to that end, he had workers recreate the Yellow and Yangtze rivers by inlaying streams of quicksilver mercury into the floor of his burial chamber. In 2005, a team of Chinese archaeologists tested 4,000 soil samples from the earthen mound, and sure enough, they all contained a dangerously high level of mercury. In light of that chemical evidence, excavation has slowed over the last couple decades as researchers continue to debate the best methods for protecting both the artifacts and those who wish to study them. As for members of the public who'd like to glimpse these man-made wonders for themselves, there's a museum of the Terracotta Army near the dig site, where tourists can view a collection of artifacts from the tomb, 
including many of the 2,000 or so soldiers who have been disinterred so far. Several museums outside of China have also hosted exhibitions of a small number of terracotta warriors loaned from the Chinese government, but the vast majority of that clay regime are still standing in the burial pits as they have for more than 2,000 years. They're a silent monument to the ingenuity of a nation, to the austerity of a ruler, and to mankind's shared dreams of immortality, however misguided they may be. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Music